Live from Stadium Swim at Circa, it's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. On Cofield and Company, Mike Palm in with us from Circa Las Vegas. Uh, when you guys partnered up with us, I was super excited. They were telling me, you know, Stadium Swim, man, all, all winter. I'm like, okay, all right, I think that'll work out. This is ridiculous. Have we not been blessed with weather? And this week's been a little colder, but the sun the sun keeps you warm up here. And if it is yeah. cold, it's getting the water. You know, it's eighty. It's, <laughs> it's anywhere from eighty six to ninety six <laughs> degrees, depending on the the outside air temperature. And the crowd's been bigger uh, pretty much every week we've been here because the weather keeps getting yeah. nicer. So good setup. So what's going on with you, you guys? I walked in and I started looking at uh, your rotating signs. Mm-hmm. You guys have so many sports events coming up between here and Circus Sports, and then other events tied in. It's crazy. Mar- Mar- to me, March is the best month of the year for sports. Yeah. It's a very under... The conference tournament week is underrated uh, from a betting perspective. I know everybody wants to come Thursday, Friday, and March Madness, but from a betting perspective, you know, the two weeks prior with the small conference tournaments and then the bigger ones, and we're blessed to have some good ones. The last year, the Pac-12, Mountain West is going to be fantastic. It normally is. Um, and the weather's perfect in March. March and September, obviously, the best... Two months out here, you know, we got UFC watch parties. We're doing stuff in Iowa. They had, they had an Iowa State Houston watch party at a bar in Ames on Monday. Then West Des Moines, they had an Iowa Michigan State watch party on Tuesday. They're doing stuff in St. Louis, so you know, East St. Louis for the Blues game. So there's always something going on sports related. Well, let's talk some college basketball. Okay. Um, first of all, Otzelberger was here. Uh, this wasn't the job he wanted. Ultimately, he wanted the Iowa State job, and then things fell into place where. His buddy's the AD there. The, the coach was falling apart, and Otz gets the job. Have you been surprised at how good they are? I've been surprised at how consistent they are. I mean, they're, Calvin Sampson said it very well at halftime uh, Monday night. When you have two superior defensive teams, this is how ugly basketball can look. You know, <laughs> I, I took nine and a half early in the morning. I filled in for Mitch and Paul. Uh, I'll follow the money. I didn't know that 12 other VEASAN people would give out Iowa State, so I thought for (laughs) sure my ticket was dead. And it was probably a wrong side winner. Uh, He didn't foul. He ran the cover play there with 24 (laughs) seconds after. So thanks to that. You know, they they played with them on the glass. They just turned the ball over too much. They're a very good team. They're a top two or three team in in the Big 12. He coaches phenomenally well, and they're consistent. I think this Houston team may be just a notch above what we've seen in past years. You can almost pencil them into the Elite Eight line every year, right? If you're looking for tournament future bets, at least you know. You don't have to risk like a Purdue. You're going to get beat in the first weekend. Houston is going to get it done. Now, will they run into a hot shooting team, and will they go eight minutes without a field goal? That's always the question. But from a futures perspective, I think you can look at Houston. We put up a prop yesterday, UConn-Purdue versus the field. I love this prop. Yeah. Um, You know what I would do? I would I would lay the three thirty with the field and then I would so bet it's three thirty plus two seventy. No, no. Yeah, yeah. Yes, they're gonna win the national title plus so, two seventy, so, one of them. So I would lay three thirty and yeah. then I would bet UConn and try to find like plus five seventy. It went up a little bit after they lost because I don't believe in Purdue at all. I Why mean, Joe, Joe Barry Carroll in 1980. How about Gene Cady and all those? Old, look at the old reference. Well, but look at Gene Cady with all those teams in the 80s and 90s. They could, and then Painter, spin the wheel. Are they going to beat by an 11, a 12, a 13, a 14, 50? Anybody that has a five that plays beyond the three-point arc, Edie's useless on the defensive end. And, uh, you know, they run into this every year. I can't. I'll never forget them blowing a 14-point lead to Arkansas to Little Rock a few years ago. Painter's just been awful, so I don't know. How, they have to prove it to me. I have to see it to believe that they'll win a national championship. Mike Palm is with us. I will say, going back in history and saying a team can't do it now because of Joe Barry Carroll, 
That's some serious. Huh? That's a that's a hot take. That's a hot take. But I but I get your point because last year they ran into a team that played small ball, really played five out, yep. and they dragged Edie. Uh, Zach Eady to the perimeter, and they had trouble defending. The, I, I do think the difference, and again, I'm, I'm not a fan of giant big men who can't defend on the perimeter, but I think the difference this year is that their freshman perimeter players last year played like freshmen when it counted the most. I don't think they'll do that. Now, that said, I saw someone make a smart-ass remark up on Twitter um, going, I'll say, at Jeff Benson. He's like, oh, they're going to collapse. I don't believe in them. And then Benson immediately came back. And he said, well, okay, well, we'll have a sweet 16 bet. So if you're claiming they're yep. going to lose in the first round, take that bet. So yep. I responded to the guy. I'm like, please screenshot your ticket. We know what's going to happen. He's not going to make the bet. But, but that's another cool thing. The, option you guys are, the options you guys are going to have up on the board is going to be voluminous. You know, and, and it's not just us, but we've increased our menu. But, I mean, years ago you could only bet to win the tournament, right? Yeah. You can even win to bet the conference tournaments. Now you can bet Sweet 16, Elite 8, right, all these options. I try to find some teams that are longer that I think can make it through the first weekend. Like, I think St. Mary's is very good. And did, you, did you bet them already, or are you waiting I, now? I, I bet them already. Have you been following it? Because that's really the best thing to do is if yep. they take a dump early. Like, yep. St. They Mar- struggled. What did you get St. Mary's at early? I got them at 175 to 1. Get out of here. Well, they lost f- five games in December. I, they were awful. Mike, I was sitting in Phoenix, mm-hmm. and UNLV, they're turning their season around yep. to a certain extent, but they're, what, 86 in net. Yep. UNLV took them to double, double overtime and made a bad defensive play yep. to lose at the buzzer, and now they – They've rolled they've, through the West Coast Conference. They've put all the pieces together. I think this Brandy Bennett team fits what he wants to do. It took him a while to figure out. They get downgraded because Gonzaga's down, right? So they say, ah, St. Mary's, but Gonzaga's down. Yeah. This is a very good team. I think they get out of the first weekend, and if they do, I've made money on my ticket. Yeah, I, I'm never going to do this again. I tried to outsmart everyone and do it too early. Hmm. I put four bets in for the national title two days after last year's national title game, and I got no value at all. I have Creighton, which now people are getting on. Yeah, but they're thirty-five to one. I got them at thirty. Yeah, two days after the tournament, that's no value. Yeah. So I tried to. I was like, oh, I'm going to predict what's going to happen. I'm going to guess the uh, portal. It didn't work at all. All right. So here, let's talk about some of the events coming up. Um, before we get into Mania Under the Sun, we've got a viewing party here for VGK next Saturday. Yeah, Buffalo, How do those at, at, at Buffalo. At oh, Buffalo. they're great because when they're on the official one, and they bring the cheerleaders and they bring chance. And they bring their, their executives and all that drives. I mean, I know it's not a playoff game, but that will add twelve to 1,500 people to the venue on that night. Fills up the parking garage, get great you know food and beverage revenue out of it. It's really a fun atmosphere. And like you said, right now, perfect weather. When you get, when you get to the – if they make a deep playoff run, it gets a little warm out here at that point in May. And yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mike Palmer's with us here as we're hanging out at Stadium Swim. We're in the shade right now, and I'll, I'll give you a couple of reasons. I have to be able to see the screen. It is beautiful out. We're going to move out. When it, get, when it gets dark here, the screen is like none other, li- like literally in the world. I tell, to tell people, you know, you come out on Saturday and Sunday and watch football, you think it's great. Thursday night game, Sunday night, Monday night game, that screen pops. The biggest crowd we ever had here before this Super Bowl Sunday was 2,500 people for uh, a Triple G fight. At night, it's just amazing, that screen mm. with the colors. And... This year, we got 3,200 for the Super Bowl, so we set a record. Yeah, uh, And I saw – I wasn't here for football for uh, Super Sunday, but yep. I saw – maybe you've always had this. You had flames shooting out. Yeah, pyrotechnics. Oh. They started that three years ago. It's really cool. <laughs> it's great. It's really cool. It's so awesome. <laughs> All right. Uh, something else I just learned. Um, you guys do make a big deal of the UFC, so you have UFC viewing parties. You've got UFC 300 coming up, yep. but they're still 299. 
You have every televised event somewhere on the property or even over at Bar Canada, right? Somewhere on the property. If it's a big one, it's out here. Uh, we did it for years at Bar Canada. Because we struck the deal sponsoring SLAP, UFC and Dana said, all right, we'll let you show it at a bigger venue, which was huge for us. Um, and, you know, we continue. We, we love SLAP, too. But what it does for those UFC Saturday nights is, uh, you know, it's a six-figure difference. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I... Um I've been here long enough and done enough business downtown that I thought I was ahead of the game and revolutionary. We would have UFC viewing parties at Jillian's. Do you remember Jillian's? <laughs> yes. Which is now a heart attack. Yep. So they had nice screens. Uh, not little, like this. Little bit, little bit. <laughs> we, thought the long, we thought we invented something with long bar, right? <laughs> yeah, and now you've, you've yeah. got something triple the size downstairs. Um, so we've got 300 coming up. That'll be interesting. Um Baseball opening day, you guys are making a really big deal of this because you're really treating it like an opening day. I think, are you going to have a celebrity, someone, come out and throw out a first pitch in the building? Or are you going to do it out? Do you do it out on the street? No, we, we do it right in the sports book. We oh, build a mound. You do? Okay. So, uh, because Greg Maddox is doing his charity poker tournament, and he's doing it here again, he just tweeted it out today at the end of April. He threw out the pitch, first pitch last year. Now, Obviously, his brother's the pitching coach of Texas. They're getting their rings. He might not be here on opening day. I think they're hosting the Cubs in Texas on opening day. So Derek said, well, you know, Josh Towers, former Major League pitcher, World Series champion, he's one of our hosts now. He said, well, if Maddox can't make it, we can have Towers. I said, well, why don't we reach out to Roger Clemens? I'd like to keep 350 game winners. Let's keep that tradition going to throw out <laughs> the first Towers pitch. How did Towers take that? Towers actually caught Maddox's pitch last year, but he's, oh, on, yeah. he's on standby. And we know the guy, all the guy did was throw too many strikes in his career, so we don't have to worry about it. <laughs> All right, we're busting Josh Towers' chops. Why not? Why not? Um, so you got you're going to throw out a first pitch. Uh, you've got specials as well. By the way, is this true that if you well, and you don't have to bring her out. Any any mom can show up. Well, any woman, because we're not going to you know prove prove that you've given birth. Um, but we, <laughs> it's it's America, right? So it, show me pictures of your kids. So, so 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 it's hot dog, apple pie. Every booth gets an apple pie, and moms and all this America, right? On opening day, so. Bombs drink free all day. So, by the way, opening day feeds into Holy Thursday, start of the Sweet 16, too. So, My Lord. Yeah. That's on uh, March 28th. Correct. All right. Something, this doesn't have to be serious, but it's a big topic on our show, and I, I don't want to keep crapping on it because I want Major League Baseball here. Mm -hmm. You guys are in a business, and Derek's very forthcoming about his approach to sports is unlike anyone else. I think a, a lot of casinos around town are like, eh, sports, eh. Um, first of all, before we get to the baseball point, I saw, I don't know where the guy got the quote from, but Mike McCarthy, and I like him, he writes for a front office sports, and he said he talked to a, a source in Vegas who said the Super Bowl, you know what, casino executives don't like him because the whales aren't here, they don't play the games, yep. they, they don't want the Super Bowl back. And I thought of you guys and many others, I was like, I don't think that's what they think. Ludicrous. The Whales didn't get squeezed out. The mid-level player did, right? Yeah. The, the Whales going to get here anytime they want, whatever the event is. Super Bowl, to me, is an A-plus, and I don't know how you can detract from any of it. Everybody in the media was raved about the access. You don't have to take two-hour drive to go somewhere to do it. The NFL officials were all impressed. I thought everything about it was great, and locals I want to bitch about the traffic, you know, go live somewhere else. That's always going to be a common thing. And, and honestly, uh, you know, the our – County and city didn't do a good job of getting it set up, so it'll be fixed next time. The traffic is a problem every single day, whether there's a vendor. Now, Lewis Black used to tell the joke, traffic commissioner in Las Vegas, what does he do? Drink all day before noon and then say, go put up another 10,000 combs. <laughs> it was one of the best jokes I ever heard. <laughs> all right. Um, 
Should we just be patient with the A's? Is this all going to work out? Or Who knows? Right? I, I don't know. I mean, do you guys want baseball here? You want to stay? You you would like Major League Baseball we in the market, would, we, right? would, we would love to have a stadium and every team played a home series here. It'd be a rotating. And and Derek pitched this to Steve Cohen of the Mets. He liked it. He took it to the commissioner. I don't know if it got enough legs, but Cubs-Cardinals <laughs> play. I mean, it would be great, right? Fans would get to come to Vegas and watch their team play. We'll see what happens with the A's. The problem for us is that the blackouts is so bad. I mean, if if you have you – know, we're, you know, we're talking to the Padres. We've been sponsors yeah. of them for two years. Can't see their games on Cox. They got if they can't get this fixed, the value of our partnership greatly decreases. Cox has seventy five percent of the households here. Yeah, so Direct TV, it's less than twenty percent. Major League Baseball is killing this town with all these blackout rules. It's awful. So we did meet with the A's, uh, the, the ownership, obviously, um, a couple months ago, and they showed us the design for their stadium. There oh, wait a second. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can't, so there actually, re- actually are renderings out there the ar- that they've been showing. Yeah, oh, yeah, the architects. And uh, they just asked. You could, can you say it? I can't say just much. something. I can't say much. Just say it. You were, you, you were impressed. Um, oh, no. He, I said this looks like you, took, you look like you took this out of Sydney, if that tells you anything. Okay, now it's we're going to give it away. Okay, now we're doing research. But, that was a tease, everybody. So okay. they asked for our input, and Derek gave very good input because they're talking about parking, where they're going to have parking. Forget about parking. You've got to create... A ride-share friendly. There'll be more ride-shares yep. dropping people off at these games. Allegiant Stadium didn't do a good job with ride-share. You've got to address that. That's a very important thing to have it in Las Vegas. Mike, you're the man. We appreciate a couple minutes. Uh, we'll go down the list throughout the rest of the show of all the cool events here at Stadium yeah. Swim. We're hanging out here. Who's next? Deutscher? Brian Dutcher. Yeah, we're going to find out who yelled to call timeout to Weber. I want to know who who who. I'm going to ask about Joe Barry. I'm going to tell. I'll tell you this though. Poor yeah. Chris Weber has the misfortune that the official missed him traveling off the rebound. He obviously drug his foot. If they called the travel there, he never calls a timeout. He never has to live with that the rest of his life. (laughs) Dent up the floor. Down one. Dent in the lane. Left hand is fouled. He scores. It counts. Wow, it looked like Colorado State was was expecting New Mexico to call a timeout because they didn't get their back and get their defense set at all. Now, back to Cofield and Company, live from Stadium Swim at Circa Las Vegas. Yeah, folks here at Circa completely jacked up about mania. They've got multiple parties here where people can view. You can also go and watch Tourney Week around town, and the best tournament in town has been the original tournament in town, the Mountain West Conference Tournament, Cofield and Company. It's uh, Steve and Damon on this Thursday. We've been uh, lucky enough to have a lot of the Mountain West Conference coaches call in to preview the tournament. And uh, national runner-up from a year ago, San Diego State, and Brian Dutcher is on the horn with us now. Coach, how are you? Good, Steve. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you coming on. Did you get a chance to watch New Mexico and Colorado State and that fantastic final couple of minutes? Crazy, crazy. The thing with this league is you're either a game out of first or a game out of the play-in game. That's how that's how it's nuts, right? it is this year. Yeah, I mean, Colorado State, uh, you know, there's still a lot of season left to go. They've got five games left, but they went from getting the day off on Wednesday to the, the bottom of the seven heap where they're gonna, they may have to play on Wednesday. This, this, we, say, we say it every year. But this really is the deepest in terms of tourney quality rosters and teams that we've seen in the longest time. Yeah, no question. I mean, they're talking six Mountain West teams in the NCAA tournament, and that's legitimate. And if the Rebels had been at full strength all year, they'd be in the conversation because uh, uh, they're having an outstanding year and could easily be in first place right now. 
Those guards in that game last night, you've got a bunch to pick from on the Lobo roster with House and Mashburn, the veterans, and then Dent. I want to concentrate on that side first. When you played them, what is it like playing them, and, and who's the guy where you're like, man, we got to watch for this? I know House is the agitator, but is Dent their best guard? Dent's their best playmaking guard who can score. And Mashburn and House are dynamic scores, but Dent is the best playmaker. And so you have to pay attention to him in ball screens because he'll find Joseph, he'll find Toppin for the easy layups. Do you like playing a guy like uh, against a guy like Jalen House? Oh, come on, it's a nightmare. He affects the games <laughs> at both ends of the floor. Yeah. I mean, what he did to us in the pit this year was just dismantle him single-handedly. He gets into you defensively, he gets the crowd incensed, and, and he makes big baskets. So House is a dynamic player. He's the guy you love to hate. Brian Dutcher's with us, uh, Mountain West Conference Tournament, March 10th to the 16th here in town at the Thomas and Mac. You can get your tickets right now at the MW.com or UNLVTickets.com. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned House gets the crowd going. You guys have had some players over the years who had that skill. As a coach, when that guy's on your side, there is a fine line, right, in terms of getting the crowd agitated but also getting the job done and not you know, watching that player not take himself out of the game. Yeah, I mean, that's Jamal Franklin from another year ago. Yep. Yep. You know, Jamal was an instigator, but he was a winner. And so you love to have the guy on your team like that, but you also have to know you got to channel that in the right direction. Like how sometimes, you know, he can, he can get himself in or out of a game emotionally, but I'd say for the majority of the game, he's involved in the game. Yeah, uh, Franklin was definitely a guy, when he went on the road, he would drive people nuts. He was absolutely brilliant with the officials. He had a great head throw, so he'd, he'd get some fouls that way. Now, the, the guard on the other side is, is sort of a different personality, and this is one of the feature teams along with New Mexico, along with yourself, and we'll talk about some others. To me, Isaiah Stevens is the ultimate college basketball player. He's been loyal. He's gotten bigger and stronger over time, and he absolutely wants the ball when it counts the most. I'll be so glad when he's gone. Five years of facing that guy? Are you kidding me? That's a coach's night. All this gray hair is because of guards like that. <laughs> he uh, he sat in front of us at the Mountain West Conference Media Day for an interview, and I looked at him deadpan, and I'm like, why are you still here? Will you leave? He laughed. He laughed. Yeah, he laughed, laughed all the way to about 30 points against us. No, well, he's a dynamic player. He's, he's like, once he gets two guys on him, someone else has the ball. And if you don't have two guys on him, he's going to get a shot and score. And so he's been incredible. And uh, he was dynamic last night, but uh, you got guards like that. It's easy to call the last play, put it in their hands, and let them try to win or lose the game. So to close out the season, you're at Fresno, San Jose. You're here for a regular season game against UNLV, and then you go against Boise. Uh, obviously, the first goal was to win all those games, but how do you look at this final stretch here to make sure that you're right for the tournament? We just have to be playing our best basketball. It's almost John Wooden-like. You know, you can't get caught up in the results all the time. The journey is about getting better. I think that's what we've been able to do over the years at San Diego State is get better as the season goes on. So sometimes getting better doesn't mean you're going to win, but it gives you the best chance to win. The way you view it, how do you guys get better? What do you need to do here down the stretch to get better? Just get more connected at both ends of the floor. You know, individually we're talented, but at times we're not great as a team, and that's at both ends of the floor. And so we have to continue to – uh, huddle up, talk to each other, communicate better, uh, know each other's strengths and weaknesses, and, and and just try to put all the bull crap behind us and just play the right way. And that's always the goal. 
Well, playing here in the tournament's been good for you guys, and obviously every squad is different each year. You've won uh, two of the last three, and you've made six straight finals. So looking back in those years, how did you peak at the right time? Just by uh, focusing on the important things, and that's playing team basketball, that's knowing that defense and rebounding win championships. And then I always say, I said, if we defend a rebound where we can stay in a game, we can survive an off-night shooting. Uh, we can survive a not-so-great offensive night, but eventually we'll figure something out that works. And so we base everything on off- on defense and rebounding and then try to figure out what's working offensively on that night. March 10th to the 16th, Mountain West Conference Tournament is back again here in Vegas at the T&M. You can get your tickets at dmw.com. We're talking to San Diego State head coach Brian Dutcher. I'm intrigued to hear your answer on this one. I hear a lot of coaches kind of complaining about NIL and that it needs to be fixed. And, and we see on the college football side, I think guys are walking because of it. I look at you and the way you've built your program over the years. And for you, I don't, I don't think you hate NIL. Am I wrong on this? So the way you lay your classes and transfers has always been part of the, the program. Is NIL something you don't like? No, I like NIL. And I wish I had more of it. You know? Okay. But <laughs> yeah. You have what you have. You know, Every program yeah. is a different amount. But I think what you'll see, too, is even the teams with all the NIL, that doesn't equal success. You have to have the right people in your program and, and, and about the right things that fit your model. And, and just because you have more money doesn't mean you're going to have better players or a better chemistry. And I think we can see this this year. Some of these teams with uh, uh, deep pockets NIL-wise are not having success on the floor. And I like that, too. You still have to make good decisions as to who you have on your team. Another topic to hit. I was in Colorado Springs at UNLV last night. I do sidelines, kind of jack-of-all-trades on the broadcast. Um, it was a late start, and I actually do think it affected Air Force and what those guys have to do during the day. They got, they got tired. But I also understand it's for TV. Do you like the late starts? Uh, is it, it's sort of a fine line, right? You want the TV exposure, and I think you guys want that coveted, you know, after dark spot as a conference, don't you? Yeah. Well, you were t- TV dictates it. I wish yeah. we were a Power Five conference where they were paying us forty million dollars a year to yeah, play that yeah, way. Yes, yes. <laughs> but they're not. You know, they're getting a discount on the Mountain West to play late at night. And it is what it is. You know, uh, uh, we want the TV money. We want the exposure. So we have to uh, sometimes take these late starts, which aren't ideal for anybody. Fan, fans, most importantly. Yeah. You know, to, to have fans come out having to work the next day to an 8 o'clock game, that's hard on everybody, players and fans. Well, and I think in the Pacific time zone, a lot of the schools can deal with it because it is an hour earlier. I think you guys are going to draw no matter what. I think when UNLV uh, wins consistently, we're talking like 23 to 25 wins, those fans will come out. But I do think it, the mountain time zone schools, it, it, it does hurt their crowd, so there's a little give and take there. I wanted to ask you about your roster. Uh, first of all, I've been pointing out uh, Jaden Ledee, along with Zach Eady, are two of the most amazing bigs in the country in drawing fouls but not picking them up. Is that an instinct with Ladee, or is it something that you've drilled into him because he is not often in foul trouble? No, he's, you know, he does a good job of avoiding fouls, and he has to do that for us to be good. He can't pick up fouls. And I think once you gain a reputation of being a really good player, important player, and I'm not saying the rest favor him, but they're less likely to call a cheap one on him. Right. So I think you do get some respect from the rest when they know that you're potentially an all-American player that uh, uh, you're valued in the league. And I'm not saying they cheat for him, or, uh, but I, I think sometimes you can avoid a foul by having a big reputation. I'm going to throw an X factor at you about your team of player, and maybe it's someone else that you want to mention. 
When I saw what Elijah Saunders did down the stretch against New Mexico, um, alley-oop, incredible athleticism, a couple of threes. Is he one of those guys who is an X-factor? Because you, you got him down to about 14 minutes per game in the last seven. He will, you know, For the season, he's averaging like 20.3. Where are you with Saunders right now? You know, he and Jay Pal are important to us, are, okay. are, who are starting at the, the stretch for now. So when they make threes, we're really good. And, and we went to Utah State and got beaten a close game, and we made two or three threes for the entire game. And so they both have an ability from that position to shoot the ball in. And I think it was a one-possession game when Elijah had a wide-open three at Utah State. I take all day, and it didn't go in. So sometimes you, you live and die on the three, and that's a case where it would have gone in. Maybe we could have had a better result. we got about 30 seconds left. Uh, UNLV played you guys okay for the, you know, the latter 25 minutes, but, but you guys have a gift uh, getting out to quick starts against them. Uh, what do you think happens this time around at the Thomas and Mac in terms of the competition? It seems like that game was eight years ago. Yeah. So it's two different teams. Yeah. We're playing different. They're playing different. And I don't think the first game will really be an indication as to how this one goes at all. Yeah. So we'll study them like it's the first time we're playing them this year, try to see what they're doing well, and, and try to come up with a decent game plan to give us a chance to win a road game, which is hard to do. Yeah. We have seven losses, and all seven are quad one road losses. So those are our seven losses, seven quad one road losses. So it's been brutal this year on the road. And, and we'll continue to be in this conference. Well, we'll see you in a couple of weeks, and then just after that for the Mountain West Conference Tournament. I appreciate a couple of minutes. Thanks, Coach. Thanks for having me. There he is, Brian Dutcher. They've dominated this tournament, Mountain West Conference Tournament. You can get your tickets at UNLVtickets.com. Someone, someone has got to step up and break that streak of six straight finals appearances. They've won two of three. Yeah, they're the favorite no matter what their record is in conference. Now back to Cofield and Company, live from Circa Resort and Casino. Damon, did you like that? My question about Jaden Ledee, because I've been pointing out all year that Jaden Ledee's foul numbers are kind of crazy. You know that New Mexico game, and Jaden Ledee's the forward, he's leading scorer for San Diego State. We just talked to Brian Dutcher, the head coach of the Aztecs, as we get the market ready for the Mountain West Conference Tournament at Thomas and Mac. UNLVtickets.com is where you can get the tickets. And right now, including UNLV, there's seven teams inside the top 86 in the net. It's super competitive. I think it's six inside the top 50. But I pointed out Jaden Ledee, who against New Mexico got two... Did he get a third? Maybe he got a third. But I'm going to say he got two fouls in the game, Devon. And if you, if you can get the advanced box score, they will actually put in fouls drawn. Jane Ledee in that game had two fouls and drew 13. He's averaging, I think, 2.2 fouls a game at 6'9", 260. By the way, not as good as Zach Eady, 7'4", 315, who's averaging, I think he's at 1.8 fouls per game, which is incredible. But... I'm glad that did – you, did you hear Dutcher slip in there? When you play at a certain level, you may get a different level of respect from the officials yes. who don't call touch fouls. I was like, hallelujah. Let's recognize what happens in these games because I feel like we watch Caleb Boone and there are a lot of times I'm like, are you serious? With all the pushing and shoving and physicality in the Mountain West Conference, in the lane, you called that one? 
But obviously, he's not a player of the year, conference player of the year candidate. So he's not going to get that it's, same level of respect. It's not something new, right? This has happened forever in basketball. While they try to be completely objective, officials are subjective. They do know, uh, they do know who the best players are. Have you been following Dan Hurley knockout gate the last day and a half and the developments in this thing? I haven't seen anything since the initial clip started surfacing, but is there a, is there a new well, thing? So the story is Creighton knocks off Hurley and UConn a couple of days ago Oops, in o- o- Omaha, and they stormed the court. As Hurley's walking off the court, they think he pointed at a fan and said, I'll knock you out. Then someone tried to put out, because I've been listening to the audio. There's not very much good audio. And by the way, um, I know fans say things. Dan Hurley's in his 40s now. I know he comes from a hard scrabble background. He made a comment the other day. I'm from Jersey City. That's just the way I am, man. Um, my mother is from Jersey City. And she would, actually, she would go into the crowd and fight. So um, <laughs> she actually would. She's, she's told, I'm sure she's told a lot more people F off than Dan Hurley can ever do in his lifetime. Um, but it doesn't make it acceptable. And it's not a joke. Coaches should be above that. And yeah, I would like to know what the guy said. So then it morphed into he, he, that he said, oh, if we meet you guys in the tournament, I'll knock you out. Okay, that's not what he said. He actually said finally some good audio came out as Dan Hurley was walking off the floor. And he said to a fan, if you reach over that railing, I'll knock you out. That is not acceptable. I'm sorry, it's not. And Hurley and his uh, social media team are pretty creative because Hurley made that comment about Jersey City. And then did you see him actually put out a meme from Game of Thrones with the shame scene? That's hilarious. Yeah, you got to check it out. Oh, but I'm looking. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, it's his, Yeah, it's his head, and uh, on top of uh, whoever it was, um, she was actually naked. Hurley was not naked. Uh, at least I didn't show the nudity. And yeah, he's walking through the crowd. Shame, shame. shame. Sort of disarming everyone. But listen, bro, we know you're fired up, but you can't be telling fans you're going to knock them out. I don't. Honestly, I don't care what they say. Just walk off the floor. So fans can say whatever they want, Steve. Well, I mean. Let's let's take it to the nth degree. Is how about we have the fan come down and let's have him square off and see how Hurley does? Because if you're going to say it, then let's actually fight, right? Well, then security, you know what? Obviously, oh, let him go. Do Anchorman back everyone off? Let Corningstone and Burgundy go at it. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Gaming on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. All right, rolling on here. Our Ion Sports Gaming is brought to you by Circa Las Vegas, including our friends in Reno, actually Sparks at Legends Bay Casino. Brad Powers is up. What's up, Brad? What's happening, guys? Not much. Just hanging out on another ridiculous Thursday with like 67-degree weather here uh, downtown. We got some pretty interesting college football stuff to get to. Uh, First of all, one of the topics we've been hitting, because uh, I do watch First Take and I watch McAfee uh, oftentimes to just steal ideas because I'm lazy like that. Um, but there was a, a deal the other day with J.J. Reddick kind of making a comment 
on first take and how stupid some of the topics are. Uh, others got mad at him, like, bro, you're taking the money, you're on that show. I know you pointed out something the other day where this feels a little bit phony because I think at times we're like, hey, here's a topic, which side do you want to take? Was there a discussion about Notre Dame football and its relevancy? <laughs> yeah, in February on a show that barely mentions college football even during the season. So uh, kind of ironic, to say the least, you're to, you know, discussing the relevancy uh, of a program uh, six months before the season starts uh, to, on a show that is all about engagement and all that's all you want. So, uh, yeah, I, it screams phony. I, th- that's why those shows aren't for me. Um, well, let's answer the question. How relevant is Notre Dame football at this point, especially since the college football playoff committee basically just told Notre Dame, no matter what you do during the regular season, you'll never be one of the schools that gets a first-round bye. So when I was a kid, and I think, you know, if you're 40 or older, I mean, Notre Dame at one point in your life was by far the number one brand in college football. And, I mean, probably maybe even a top five brand in all the sport. I mean, it was Notre Dame football. It was the New York Yankees probably the top two. Uh, Dallas Cowboys would be the, the other at that point. Um, are they no, Are they the number one brand in college football anymore? No. Uh, you know, Alabama, Ohio State, in my opinion, passed them. I mean, Michigan, uh, you know, certainly a, a bigger alumni base and off of the national champion would be a bigger brand at least in 2024 but are they still a top 10 brand in college football absolutely maybe in a borderline top five brand so uh and you know maybe i'll push back a little bit as far as everyone making a big deal off oh, they're 12 and oh they can't get the one seed and oh poor old notre dame keep in mind they don't have to play a conference championship so they got their bye that week while everybody else is playing Good point. and keep in mind most conference championships you're not going to see a Northwestern in a Big Ten championship game. Almost every conference championship is the top two teams in that conference. So you're most likely in an SEC or Big Ten going to be playing a top five, top ten type team that week. Notre Dame's got a bye. And if Notre Dame's the five seed, they get a home game in December in South Bend against the group of five, the highest ranked group of five champion. I mean, that's not bad. And then your next round games against the lowest ranked conference champ, mainly going to be from the Big 12. They play a 2-3 loss, Utah or Kansas State. So I could argue that the five seed in some seasons could be, the, especially if it's Notre Dame, could be the, the easiest path, at least to the semifinals. All right. Brad Power 7 is with us on Twitter. And I say all right because I'm in agreement with you. Um, if there is, even if it's only one suitor, if there's someone out there from a network TV standpoint who is willing to pay – Whatever their latest deal was, sixty-five to seventy-five million dollars for you alone, then you're a top-five brand. Yeah, you are, and right? I know everyone wants them to join a conference. If if almost everybody could do that, uh, they would probably prefer the you know to, to be you know in a spot like Notre Dame in that regard. Now, I will say this: uh, you know, sixty-five to seventy million sounds great, but still going to put them behind the eight ball because a lot of these schools in the Big Ten SEC are making a hundred plus million per year as far as their t- the new TV deals. Yeah. I would say I'm, I'm never going to sneeze at, like, an extra $20 million that schools are getting, but Notre Dame is also autonomous, which I think that the headaches that you have dealing with other schools in conferences, I mean, it's pretty nice. When you're the big boy and you get to control things on your own, it's uh, pretty much a relief when you don't have to deal with, uh, you know, say, Alabama or Georgia flexing their muscle all the time or Ohio State or Michigan busting your chops. So um, I would take a little less money, but, yeah, it's still a – it's still a very massive brand. On the, the playoff itself, 
I don't know. As a better, I don't even know if you care about stuff like this. Well, because I don't want to go on another rant because it pisses me off so much, you know, being around a group of five market and a group of five state, that we're going to – we come out with this 12-team, 5-plus-7 format. It's what I've wanted forever. Uh, You know, we've wasted 35 years of my life, you pricks, uh, playing this old style, right? Um, and I, I believe me, I, I tell the story all the time, Brad. Like, I knew this when I was, like, 13 years old. I'm like, this system sucks. Um, so that all said, we got the 12, and then already the SEC and Big Ten are like, oh, let's go to 14, and we'll have four teams each automatically qualify. Like, no, no. Does that make you mad, or as a better, you're like, whatever. I just want to bet the games. As a fan, it makes me mad. As a better, I could care less. Uh, but, I mean, I, I don't know. It's just college football has something that the NBA, Major League Baseball, college basketball desperately want. That's meaning in the regular season. People tuning in religiously uh, to, to every week. And now the, when you're going to continue to expand the playoffs, uh, your biggest games of the year at the end of the year, your big-time rivalry games that everybody watches, Alabama, Auburn, Ohio State, Michigan, if everybody's getting in no matter win or loss, uh, those games have a little bit less meaning. Uh, that's just a reality. So uh, I don't know. I mean, I just uh, let's see how twelve works out. I mean, the the, the want to immediately expand it not surprising, but uh, I, I just I don't. I, you know what? I'm going to push back on you. I I don't mind the old system. I I don't mind the BCS at this point. All right. Um, I think we're going to have a lot more relevant games. Clearly, we had to do something for at least some more of the bowl games. Do you think that cures the ill? of kids looking at games and going, these are worthless. Now when you've got 12 programs in, I would assume 98% of players are going to go, you know what, this game is for real. I'm not opting out to get ready for the draft. I'm playing with my teammates. Yeah, I mean, that, that solves the issue for the 12 teams that are playing now. Anybody outside that 12, I mean, we're going to get more and more opt-outs. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, the, the opt-outs aren't ending anytime soon, but uh, having 12 teams instead of four, you know, that make, ensures that we have eight more teams that they're going to eight. I should say eight less teams dealing with you know the the, the transfers and the opt outs as far as bowls. So yeah, it's it, more, more meaning in, in those games in the postseason. But uh, I, I'm telling you, less meaning in, in the biggest games in the regular season. Brad Powers is with us. Brad Powers 7 up on Twitter. He's our college football insider. Why? Because he knows what he's talking about. He studies it year round, and he actually plays the games and he posts his tickets and is brutally honest at times with himself uh, and forthcoming when he's not doing well and a lot of people don't do that who do what he does all right i used to think i was good at math but that was like 30 years ago uh maybe 35 years ago uh i really was i thought i thought i was good at it um some of the stuff now i don't understand and i also have no attention span so you've got to explain to me what on three did here with this plus minus thing with best and worst like top 300 incoming transfers. They've got a whole uh, ranking system here. What is this? Oh, you're going off of my tweet? Of course. Yeah. I uh, No, that's me. Uh, oh, that's you? All, all I did was... Oh, you were yeah, taking the transfers from was, on three. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I used their rankings, their top 300 incoming transfer rankings. So what, what they do that 247 doesn't, at least at this point, is when you click on their transfer, when they rank their transfer portal classes, they take into consideration not only the ones you have coming in, but everybody that transferred out of your program. So what I did was I just looked, hey, I looked at the top 300 transfers in their list. You know, I looked at the ones that are outgoing and subtracted, the, you know, the ones that are incoming, and Colorado did the best. Meaning when you see Colorado at the best at plus 10 means 
they have 10 more top 300 guys coming in than what they had going out. Does that, does that make yeah. sense now? Yeah, it does make sense. Um, I track the Colorado transfers, and I think they've definitely improved, and I see the kind of player they were looking for. Um, I am actually interested in the fact that they didn't just grab you know one-year guys. They grabbed a lot of guys who I think they hope to have their two and three years because a lot of the defensive linemen were rotational guys elsewhere and upside guys. That was an interesting approach by Dion and the staff. Well, they had to. They only took like six or seven freshman recruits in this yeah. year's class, yeah. so you, yeah. you can't rely entirely on one-year guys or, or what is the, the future of your program. So, yeah, it was a necessity to take uh, guys that had, could, could play multiple years. I'll give you a hot take, though. Ain't going to matter. Uh, this is it for Dion. This will be his last year at Colorado. If he does well or he doesn't do well, this is it. Another college job or NFL? Good question. Not sure yet. Uh, I would lean. It's about 50-50 at this point. I, I, no, you know what? I, I would lean more college. Interesting. When we talked about their win total this year, where did you have them targeted roughly? Five, five and a half, which is where they're sitting now. And you know, you know me, I'm not afraid to, to make a bet this time of year. I, I have two bets on a Colorado win total. And it just it goes to show you the differencing of opinion and the polarization of Deion Sanders in the program. I bet over four and a half and under six and a half already. So the other day I had uh, on an unrelated matter, but, you know, I stalk your Twitter. Uh, Brad Powers is with us, Brad Powers 7. And Brad has a lot of interest in life, not just sitting in front of a computer. He wants to win money. That's a good interest. Um, I had Joe Scott on, the Air Force coach, and he's a Jersey guy like myself. And uh, he made the bold claim that that is the the state for pizza in these United States. Uh, You got in, I guess, based off of uh, Portnoy. who He's done a really good job of marketing himself as a pizza expert. I'm not sure. Who dubbed them that? I guess popularity does. Um, I have my own pizza rankings for Vegas, but I have to admit, I don't live anywhere near uh, your area. I'm not out in Henderson a ton. I'm not out by Inspirata, like, ever. Um, you mentioned a couple of places out there. Uh, give me some names and also your origins. You guys have kind of interesting pizza in Ohio. Oh, wow, I didn't know we go this route. Yeah, there's I mean, a lot there. The one there's a lot there. I'll rubber stamp and pound a fist on the table. It's a local place. It's only been open a couple of years. Then Anthem Rebellion Pizza. Okay. It's interesting. Number one, the food's great. I mean, whether you're getting a pizza or an Italian sandwich, I'll, I'll pound the table on that. It's also an interesting vibe. I mean, they, I walked in there. They have WrestleMania Eight on this big screen. I mean, I love right. wrestling, especially old school wrestling All from right. like thirty years ago. So to see something like that is so niche. And they're also big Star Wars fans. I I, I loved it. It was a very unique place. It's small. Uh, if you want to grab a beer, you can do that. Grab some wine. Sit there. Staff friendly. I know it sounds like I'm doing an ad, but I was just I I have such expectations. I'm such like an old man, you know, yelling at clouds and stuff. It's very tough to exceed my expectations at this point in life. That place surprised me. Uh, there's some other ones. You know, Dave did a de- recent one at Don DeMarco's. I thumbs up for that place. Of course. Obviously, like the pizza rocks of the world. Uh, for, from my area, you know, we Ohio's okay for pizza. Uh, it, what's interesting to me is I grew up on Marco's Pizza, which is a fast food place. Yeah, yes. The, yes. Their, their first location was right down from where I, I lived. And, like, oh, they wow. opened in 1978, and now they have, like, what, 3,000 places across the country? 
I mean, just when I was a kid, they were like the only fast food, you know, place we could get to. Yeah, I thought I thought Donato's was another place out of Ohio, and that blew up in a partnership with who? What is it with uh, yeah. Red Robin? I think. So yeah, I've right. had it. They, I've they had did. it. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, you know, you can survive with that. All right, Brad, we appreciate it. Uh, keep posing up on Twitter so I can prep this spot, and uh, we'll have a lot. <laughs> yeah. more. No, we, we are we are going to have a lot more though. Uh, on draft-related stuff, and more futures are going to be coming out here on free agency, so we'll get into that next week. Appreciate it, buddy. Hey, sounds good. Thanks for having me. Take care. There he, there he is, the very affable. He's not always yelling at the clouds. He's, you know, he, he, uh, he trends old. Uh, that happens. Uh, today's spot at Circle Las Vegas uh, is brought to you by what they've got going on with their tournaments. They've got, main, check that, with their viewing parties for uh, Mania. Mania under the sun. You want to book your spot here uh, at Circle Las Vegas for the big viewing deal at Stadium Swim, and then uh, three stories of glory. I'm telling you, it's going to be packed at Circus Sports, so book your spot now for three different stints during Mania at CircleLasVegas.com.